verse 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering, and so He condemns sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. Verse 6, The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray as we begin. Father, Heavenly Father, you are the God that is not bound by time and space. As we hear your word from different parts of Singapore and in different locations, may you continue to reveal yourself and touch our hearts today. May your spirit live in us and draw us closer as we hear and obey your word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Once again, good morning. And for today, we are going to continue with our Roman series. Uh, we're going to pick off from where our local preacher Justin has, has finished, has left off. And we're going to start on book of Romans. Um, and even if all these disruptions that is happening in our lives, I think the Bible has been clear in the way we should live our life. That's why today I titled our sermon talk, sermon as Living the Real Life. And in today's passage, I have broken it down to three sections. Freedom by God's Spirit, walking by God's Spirit, living by God's Spirit. And Paul starts off with a wonderful promise and message for us today. He says, Therefore now there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that the best news you have heard all week? Or even this whole month or the first few months? The promise here is that when we put our trust in Christ Jesus as our Savior from sin, we have been placed in eternal union with Him. There is no condemnation for you and me because when God looks at our sin, He is actually looking at Jesus. And Jesus has paid it all. Amen? Amen? 
Here, when the Bible talks about having no condemnation, it actually means more than the deliverance from guilt and punishment. And let me explain what it means by here. It's as though a murderer who is sent to the gallows is able to escape death. For us who are sinners, we are able to escape death himself. Second, it's also one that is more than just a feel-good emotion. It's not only um, uh, emotions that make us feel good because if you can remember a time that you were being scolded by your parents when you did something wrong or you made a mistake at work and your boss hammered you, I'm sure at that point you felt lousy and you felt miserable. The feeling wasn't good at all. But here, when we mention about no condemnation, it's more than just a feel-good emotion. Instead, having no condemnation means that you and I are delivered from sin's enslaving power. What do I mean by that? Let me give you an example of myself. I enjoy drinking coffee. Uh, my wife will say I need coffee in my everyday life. But I'm not particular over which what coffee. You give me local coffee, I'll drink it. You give me cafe coffee, I will still drink it. But I'm actually enslaved to coffee. If I don't drink coffee in the morning, I'll get headaches, I'll get short-tempered, I'll get easily irritated. And here, clearly I'm enslaved to the power of coffee. And if you are too in this same predicament as me, please bring me to your favourite coffee joint so that we can enjoy a cup of coffee together. But here Paul tells us that we as Christians, we are not condemned. We are not enslaved to this slavery of our sinful nature. Neither are we condemned to a life of constant defeat and failure. Instead, there is something better available to us who is in Christ. And how do we know that? Clearly the answer is found in verse 2. The next verse, the word for and because is the reason why we are not condemned to serve our sinful nature. Romans 8.2 For or because of the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, He has made me free from the law of sin and death. Oswald Chambers once said, The spirit of God is always the spirit of liberty. The spirit that is not of God is the spirit of bondage, the spirit of oppression and depression. But the Spirit of God convicts vividly and tensely, but He is always the Spirit of liberty. God who made the birds never made bird cages. He is man who made bird cages. And after a while, we become cramped and do nothing but chirp and stand on one leg. So friends, the Spirit of God in Christ Jesus is always the Spirit of liberty, the Spirit of freedom. And this Spirit of freedom is more powerful than the than the law of sin and death. This can also be illustrated through the law of gravity. We know the law of gravity and some of us, many of us have experienced its power. For example, when you and I rollerblade or ice skate and you lose your balance, you definitely fall down to the ground, hopefully on your butt to break the fall and not in a weird position that will cause a fracture or break a bone. But when you take a plane, when, for example, if I take a plane um, and the pilot taxis the plane out uh, to the runway and starts to pick up speed, another law goes into effect. And that's the law of aerodynamics, which is more powerful than the law of gravity, right? And because of that, we are able to travel from country to country. And here, I'm not advocating for us to travel. Please don't. 
you know, stay in Singapore, stay at home uh, as much as possible. Um, especially for a time like this, please do not travel overseas. Do not try the law of aerodynamics, you know. But here the illustration is just an example that with the powerful law of the Spirit operating in me, I can be free from the law of sin and death and through that enjoy a victorious living. And this is what Paul meant by saying that when we have Christ in us, we are free from condemnation and will be delivered from sins and slaving power. Can I get an amen for that? Now, what can the law do for us then? The answer is that it can do absolutely nothing. As holy as it is, it has no power to help us overcome sin. It is weak because the material that this law works with is our sinful human nature. So in order to live a real life, we need to start with a right way of thinking. And this right way is that the Spirit of God in Christ Jesus is more powerful than the law of sin and death. We can overcome the law because of Christ's death. He died for us so that we might be justified. He died so that we might be holy. He died so that we might live according to His righteous standard. Once we understand we have this freedom by God's Spirit, we are able to walk by God's Spirit. And Paul talks about this right thinking through the word walk. It refers to our conduct of our daily life, our daily routine. And to do so, we look at the words according to. What God wants us to do is to pattern our lives after the Spirit rather than the standard of our sinful human nature. He wants us to follow the Spirit as our guide and respond to the Spirit's leading and not our natural sinful inclinations. The challenge here is to be led by the Spirit on a daily basis. In, a daily, in our daily routine, can we follow Him closely? And how can we do that? Verse 5, Paul mentioned, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. So friends, family, it really begins with our mind. We are what we think. Our pattern will be determined by the things we think about. On one hand, if we pattern our lives according to our sinful nature and spend time thinking about the things that will please us and satisfy us, we will chase after our sinful human nature. On the other hand, if we pattern our lives to live according to the Spirit, to think about how we can please God, praise and thank Him, study His Word and share it with others, we pattern our lives according to God's Spirit because our minds are set on things related to His Spirit. And what's the result of this different mindset? The result is found in Romans 8, 6. For the set, the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. Isn't that wonderful and good news in this time of anxiety and fear that we are living in? That when we set our mind on the spirit, we can have the assurance of life and peace. But how about the word death here? What does it mean? Every time a Christian sins, something in him dies. For example, a husband or wife who gets involved in an extramarital affair, it kills their relationship with each other. Or maybe they fail to live, fulfill their biblical responsibilities in their marriage. 
the husband, for example, is insensitive to his wife's needs, or when the wife disrespects her husband's leadership, criticizes or nags at her, these are ways to kill the marriage too. Parents too can kill their relationship with their children, they become preoccupied with work, they neglect them, make harsh and unreasonable demands from them. How about friendships where they are fault-finding and gossiping? These two will kill their relationship between one another. The truth is when we set our minds on things of the flesh, we will result in living according to the flesh. And the Bible clearly states, death then is inevitable. So the question we must honestly ask ourselves is, what have we been feeding our minds? The past week, what have you been thinking about? What have you been watching, for example, on television? Or even consider the amount of time you take to spend reading God's Word and spend time in prayer. Could this be one of the reasons why you have just been living a life and not really living it? Let me quote from Reverend Sung Chong Hui, one of the track pastors, in his blog regarding COVID-19. He challenged us to take this time in land season. Take this time in land season to do an annual spiritual check on our souls. After some reflection, Reverend Sung realized how much we fear the COVID-19 outbreak more than we fear the Lord. And let me quote from him, If only we fear God, like we fear COVID-19, which we cannot see but know for sure is real and deadly. If only we monitor our spiritual temperature they regularly like the way we consciously do now. If only we wash our souls as much as we wash our hands and sanitize them whenever we touch something suspiciously unclean. If only we mask ourselves to prevent the spread of sinful infection in our lives and the lives of others. If only we avoid visiting and going to known places that contaminate our minds and our bodies. If only we self-impose isolation just to be in solitude with the Lord. If only our travel history shows that we have been in the presence of God. If only we read the Bible like we read the report of COVID-19 day after day. If only we be just as weary of rumours of false teaching, fake insights circulating in the internet, WhatsApp, Twitter and Facebook. If only we buy up opportune time to fill up our treasure trove of spiritual knowledge, insights and revelation instead of storing up rice, instant noodles and toilet papers. If only we fear the Lord like we fear the virus. Lecrae said, we fear circumstances so much because we fear God so little. Jesus made it clear in Matthew 10.28, And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. This is the end of the quote from Reverend Sung. So the question for us friends and family is, will you do an annual check of your spiritual soul today? Will you examine yourself in the way that you have been living and ask yourself, have you been living the real life? So how can we live the real life? Romans 8, 9 You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone 
does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. Notice here that the Spirit of God and the Spirit of Christ is used interchangeably, an indication of Jesus' divinity. The result of Jesus dwelling in us through His Spirit is life. The life that is given to us is the real living of life. Even though we live in bodies that are dying because of Adam's sin, we are spiritually alive because of His justification. The Spirit gives us power to live above the influence of our sinful human nature. So friends, what we must do is when we submit to His control, we experience life at its best. And now let me move back to our bodies that are dying because of Adam's sin. We are not only spiritually alive right now, but someday our mortal bodies will be raised to life. Romans 8.11 And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. That's from Romans 8, verse 11. And isn't this wonderful and good news to all? In his book by Henry Nowen, Our Greatest Gift, Henry Nowen imagines a set of twins, a brother and a sister talking to each other in their mother's womb. The sister said to the brother, I believe there is life after birth. But the brother protests vehemently, No, no, this is all there is. This is a dark and cozy place and we have nothing else to do but to cling to the cord that feed us. The little girl insists, There must be something more than this dark place. There must be something else, a place with light where there is freedom to move. Still, she could not convince her twin brother. After some silence, the sister said hesitantly, I have something else to say. And I'm afraid you won't believe that either. But I think there is a mother. Her brother became furious. A mother, he shouted. What are you talking about? I've never seen a mother and neither have you. Who put that idea in your head? The sister was quite overwhelmed by her brother's response and for a while didn't dare say anything more. But she couldn't let go of her thoughts. And since she had only her twin brother to speak to, she finally said, Don't you feel these squeezes once, every once in a while? They are quite unpleasant and sometimes even painful. Yes, he answered. What's special about that? Well, the sister said, I think these squeezes are there to get us ready for another place. Much more beautiful than this, where we will see our mother face to face. Don't you think that's exciting? The brother didn't answer He was fed up with this foolish talk of his sister and felt that the best thing would be simply to ignore her and hope she would leave him alone. Friends, what are the squeezes in our life, in your life, in my life? What are the hints that are given to us? And obviously, what are we connected to? Because the Bible states when we are connected with Jesus in us and in our life, we have a hope a hope that rests in eternity and when we are raised with Christ from the dead, we will be in a more beautiful place than this, where we get to see Jesus face to face. And isn't that wonderful? So to live a real life is first that we need to set our minds on Christ and accept Jesus in our life. Romans 8, 12-13, the last verse for our passage today, 
Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Here we are in the realm of life and death matters. If you look at what the different countries are doing to combat COVID-19, they are doing such drastic and extreme measures because it is a life and death situation. Likewise, in the spiritual sense, this is a life and death matter too. I ask that you take the word of God seriously, even more serious than COVID-19. COVID-19 will pass one day, hopefully soon, but the word of God is eternal and everlasting. John Stott in his book on Romans 5-8 to says, A ruthless rejection of all practices we know to be wrong, turning from all known sins of habit, practice, association or thought, the only attitude to adopt towards the flesh is to kill it. This is the attitude and seriousness we need to look at when we see our human sinfulness. In other words, we really need to wage war against it. What happens when we do not wage war against our human sinfulness? If we indulge in our flesh every once in a while, you know, convince ourselves that our sinful desire gives us satisfaction and joy. What we are doing is that we will be marching down the road of misery and death. A story goes by that a man kept an interesting pet in his home, a two-year-old lion. He kept it in the bathroom every night. But one night, the lion didn't want to go into the bathroom. The man tried to persuade it, coax it, you know, and get it to go in. But the lion simply didn't want to go back to the bathroom. Suddenly, the lion turned on him and in a matter of minutes, clawed him to death. So friends, the lion really is our pet sin that we hang on to. We hide it in the bathroom thinking that no one can and will see them. And these sins bring satisfaction, joy and pleasure. But eventually, these sins will turn on us and kill us. What we need to do is to depend on the Holy Spirit that lives in us, bring to death our sinful nature and choose the path of life. Only then can we enjoy a real life in Christ. So maybe some of you um, in your homes, or those who are listening to this live stream, have not trust Christ as your Savior from sin. And you're still thinking about it, considering whether to trust in Jesus, believe in Him, accept Him. So today, can I challenge you to put your trust in Him? to believe Him and allow Him into your life. The Bible clearly states that there is now no more condemnation. There is no sin, there is no wrong action that you have done in the past that Jesus Christ can't cover with His blood. Jesus is willing to remove that condemnation from you because He was condemned in our place. He bore our sins and the punishment we deserve. And because of what He had already done, if we are willing to trust Him and give our lives in a simple faith, He is willing to forgive our sins and condemn us no more and grant us everlasting life. Today, I would like to give this opportunity for you to receive Him into your life. The question is, are you willing to trust Him and allow Him into your life? If you are, can I ask that you place your hand over your heart as an act of response to Him, 
and I'll lead you into a time of prayer. If you're willing, will you join me in this short prayer? Heavenly Father, I acknowledge I'm a sinner. I do not deserve your grace. But thank you for your loving grace that grant me forgiveness in my life. Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and that you want to come into my life and save me from death. I receive you now as my Lord and Saviour. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. There is also another group of people I would like to address today. This group is one is, is where you feel that you are far away from God and God is very distant. Maybe you need to reaffirm your faith once again. Let me tell you this, God is not angry or upset with you. In fact, He is waiting patiently for you to return to Him. If you feel that you belong to this group, allow me to pray with you too. You also can place your hand over your heart as a sign of response to Him. Let us pray this prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your grace and love. Thank you for reminding me that I'm still your precious child of yours and that you love me so, so much. I'm sorry for neglecting and turning away from you, but help me to grow in my relationship with you and keep me close so that I'll never be far away from you and your love. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you have prayed either of these prayers, I will encourage you to write in to the church email address um, so that we can do either a follow-up or we can really want to journey with you in our Christian walk. But I also want to encourage you to let someone know. It could be a cell leader or those, uh, or someone in your cell or a church staff if you're not in a cell. By doing so, you'll be kept accountable to the person and allow the person to journey with you in this spiritual walk. Let me bring up the two um, class meeting questions that I have for those who are in cell groups for discussion. The first is take time to do an annual spiritual check on your soul. Share an activity that has drawn you closer. It could be prayer, quiet time, reading the Bible, um, talking to somebody you know, about your spiritual walk. You know, so you can encourage one another in your cell. But also share another activity that you need to work on so that you can be accountable to somebody. And from there, you grow together in, in our walk. Question two, is there someone in your life that you need to reach out to? It could be to boldly share the gospel, the good news with the person. It could be a loved one. It could be a friend, a family member. Or simply encourage to bring the person back to God. I leave these two questions to your uh, cell time, have a good time of discuss discussion and sharing. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you for sending your Son down to earth for our sins. Because of what He did on the cross, we are able to be reconciled back to you. Thank you for your love and your grace that you have given to us. And because of your love and grace, we are able to have a close relationship with you. And through that, help us to have a desire to read your word and abide in your love on a daily basis. As we learn to know you deep, deeper, reveal yourself to us in an intimate and loving manner. We pray all this in Christ's name, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. <music>